You're listening to the Every Plant Story Podcast, where we collect, share, and discover the stories, lessons, and passions behind the people who are always growing more. You're listening to the Every Plant Story Podcast, and here is your host, Shane. Hey guys, welcome to the Every Plant Story Podcast, the podcast where we tell all kinds of plant stories from here, uh, from our perspective here at Gabriella Plants, as well as all around our plant community. I'm so happy to be back with you today for what would be season two, episode eight, although we're kind of losing track of all the episodes per se. Um, but today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a solo podcast, just myself. Um, and I kind of have two different things I want to cover. Um, the first, which we'll go over in a second, um, is the question of just why Wednesday and a little bit more about our weekly inventory update. Um, but I also solicited some questions and we've also gotten a couple emails. So I want to take some time to answer the ones that are Shane specific and at least knock those out of the way in a podcast that's not our main Q&A uh, podcast episode. And of course, the podcast, you know, from time to time can be, eh, you know, from time to time, fairly inconsistent. And that's really because, I mean, as much as we love getting to do this podcast, it's one of my favorite things. Um, it's also not the highest priority. Um, taking care of our customers will always be the first priority and making sure that all of our teams are functioning really well is obviously what I'm going to stress to somebody like Brett as important over, say, the podcast, um, which is more just a way for us to be able to say some of the things and interact with the plant community, which is by all means great, but not the core mission of Gabriella Plants. Um, so for this week, I've decided just with everything going on and a couple different trips and different staff outages that I just go ahead and record this podcast as a solo. So to start, I'm going to go ahead and just answer and give you guys some backstory to the question of why Wednesday? And if you're not familiar with Wednesday, Wednesday is our largest inventory update every single week. And it's also been one of, not one of, our most long-standing tradition of Gabriella plants. Um, and we'll go into that. So why Wednesday? You know, essentially, the quick answer is it was out of like desperation or need to have a solution to customers. I mean, I think the thing Gabriella plants uh, values more than anything is our relationship and our friendships with our customers. So for those of you who don't know, kind of let's rewind the history tapes here for just a second. And I'll get comfortable with you guys. Um, when this whole thing started, my job looked a lot different than what it does right now. Uh, a lot different because, uh, so rewind the, the, the tape back to, uh, 2018, really 2017. I took over my family, uh, my family's greenhouses, the greenhouses that my dad had worked his entire life to slowly build and, uh, also run a only wholesale operation out of a commercial wholesale nursery operation to grow indoor houseplants. At the time he grew, just a matter of, oh, just about a dozen species. Um, and because he had kind of a rapid opportunity to pursue something else in his life, uh, the question kind of came to me of, hey, will you step in and help out the family business um, running it wholesale, as my dad had, 
Um, but will you do that for a temporary period of time? Because, uh, of course, all the spring inventory at this point, he was kind of making that change in January. And at that point, all the crops had kind of been planted. Uh, so I said, sure. I, you know, honestly, I loved getting to um, my now wife, who was my middle school girlfriend at the time, used to call it uh, Mr. Boss. <laughs> when my dad would, I mean, I remember being a middle schooler, like an eighth grader, and my dad would leave out of town on family vacation. And uh, I would <laughs> not go with the family, uh, depended on the trip. But as I started to get into high school and had other commitments and classes I needed to attend, uh, sometimes that overlapped it with the college schedule that I was already starting to do. And uh, or I guess not college at that point. Either way, I sometimes would stay behind uh, on different trips. My dad would go on and run the family business in his absence. I mean, I had done that when I practically speaking was in fifth grade. Um, it was just in my backyard my entire life and it was second nature to me and it wasn't super difficult to make sure that everything was watered, especially back then. Obviously you're not signing checks and having to do everything that is running a business as much as just make customer happy. So, um, I got really firsthand experience doing that at a really young age. So of course I was like, yeah, I'll take over the family business. Not a problem at all. Um, and I had basically just stepped in and run it the exact same way he had always run it. In fact, if you're curious, I may have to like blur out some sections. Um, obviously, this is a solo podcast. So Zach's not in the room, but I will try to remember to ask Zach to post one of our old wholesale order forms uh, that I recently found Uh as part of the post on Instagram at every plant story for this particular podcast episode. Because when I say that what I walked into was a paper only operation, I, I mean it. Um, we kept track of the phone calls we took and the orders we took on a, a kind of like old school 2003 formatted uh, Microsoft publisher file back when that was a thing later became a word document. Um, and we'd fill out that kind of grid of a piece of paper. And uh, and I just kept running it. Every single system um, that Dad had had, including QuickBooks 98 running in a virtual machine. Um, fun fact. <laughs> but all those things I just continued to kind of do as Dad had done them. Uh, it wasn't actually for a little bit of time doing that. That started in January 2017. It really wasn't until um, the fall of, or I guess late summer of 2018, that I actually first kind of connected the dots and introduced myself to the online plant community. Uh, and for those of you who are listening to this podcast and remember those days of me first introducing myself, you guys are the true heroes because the the, the plant community, obviously this was pre-COVID, um, really embraced my story. Um, and I started out with an Etsy store once I kind of figured out that online plants was something maybe I could do. Uh, started out with an Etsy store. I actually even sold the first five pink princesses we listed on that Etsy store, or we, I listed at the time with no idea how to safely ship them from our greenhouse to your house. Obviously, that took with time. Um, but so the question, getting back to the story of why Wednesday, it was really out of necessity. So most of our operations as wholesale only, pre-Gabriella plants, really, uh, most of our work was condensed uh, as far as like having to deal with customers and delivering orders that were going to ship across the country wholesale. Um, most of our peak volume of work was Monday and Thursday. Um, so all throughout the week, obviously, after I first made the couple Facebook posts in the Etsy store, I mean, the entire next week 
was just message after message. And of course, I had an app on my phone um, for Etsy and just message after me, hey, are, I saw it sold out again. Are you going to post more? Are you going to post more? Do you have more? Uh, so glad you're finally bringing these to market. You know, whatever those little messages were. But they were nonstop. And this is back when uh, iOS settings were not nearly as cool as they are now where you can mute specific apps, if you remember those days. So at the time, or at least that wasn't as easy to do. So at the time, I either had to live with notifications on, which were all these messages dinging all the time, uh, made it very nearly impossible to make it through any uh, podcast that I was trying to make it through at the time. Uh, or I had to go with silence off and ignore people for long stretches of the time. And it really came out of what was the split or the pull of me on having to split my time between on certain days and in certain quote unquote air quotes mode that I was in, I had to focus my attention on continuing to serve our wholesale customers at the time. And then in the appropriate hours of the day, or when I could get to it, I would have to come back and say, hey, uh, sorry, I missed your message earlier and try to catch up with people. And I really hated having to tell people, yeah, I have a lot more. That's the thing. We're kind of a commercial greenhouse. We're growing as many as we can. But I don't know when the next time I'm going to upload more. I think this next batch is going to look a little bit different. So it's going to need a different photograph. It's probably going to probably going to want to change some of the words or maybe even the price in between now and then. So here, I'll tell you what. And this is really where Why Wednesday or our Wednesday weekly inventory update was born. I was finally like, hey, listen, I don't quite have time for that this Thursday. But I promise you next Wednesday at the same time as we did last night, uh, we'll post more. And that was to one customer at the time. Um, and then the following week, that single customer followed up with me when I was not consistent and I did not post the following Wednesday. I, I believe I had posted on Tuesday the following week instead. And I that person called me out, rightfully so, and said, hey, I thought you said Wednesday. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're 100% right. I promise next Wednesday we'll do it at Wednesday at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And that was the last time I, you know, we ever really considered the fact that we would update more inventory on Wednesday. And at that time, that was just me. My wife was still working full time at um, in food service. We had two part time and uh, employees of um, the wholesale operation at that time, and they did the best they could. We were all doing the best we could. Um, and little by little, the Gabriella Plants tradition. Uh, kept on. So every single Wednesday since then, we continue to make our largest inventory update every single week happen on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Lots of our customers already have it uh, saved as a reoccurring alarm. You may join them in that fun if you shall wish. And then of course, obviously, as COVID started to become a thing um, in 2020, um, and as we began to greatly expand the operational capacity, I mean, at one point we only had one bathroom um, and a handful of employees and about 600 square feet to, to pack orders in, uh, to which now um, we're actually two buildings on, but then eventually we built our HQ building on the same property, which going into COVID really let us have the space. And what was beautiful about it is it let us have the space to be completely distanced, socially distanced. I mean, not just six feet, but most people's workstations were a dozen feet or more apart from each other. And of course, the greenhouse lends itself to keeping distances as well. So 
it was really nice, but we also couldn't really hire a ton during COVID because that interview process, especially early on when people were still not entirely familiar with the Zoom world that we all became a part of later. Um, yeah, it, it became challenging. However, that whole time, Wednesday continued to be our biggest inventory update. But as COVID began to come in and as people over the weekend would go, hey, are, you know, is there going to be more over the weekend? I'm just now kind of tuning in on Friday, whatever else. We started to release more and more inventory weekly at other various times. And they eventually became known as ghost updates, essentially not something we publicly advertised that we were going to be uploading at that time. But we started to upload random spurts of inventory when we see something sells out. Um, and what's cool is we'll kind of get to a couple other cool things about why Wednesday, but all of what I've just described has essentially been rock solid ever since, um, including the ghost updates, which still do happen on the weekends. Of course, they don't make up the largest percentage of our inventory um, compared to Wednesday nights. However, what we do know we have more of in the greenhouses and has since sold out since Wednesday. Yeah, you bet we were going to try to restock it if we can. Um, and that's all to serve customers better. But yeah, that's where uh, Why Wednesday started. Um, so really, it came out of, it was born of necessity out of, I could not stand telling people, yeah, I'll, I'll DM you next time we're going to have an inventory update. It very quickly grew out of that phase. Um, and it was the the replacement to that, it was, hey, so we're all on the same page every single Wednesday. And it, and it stuck. It really has. I mean, since then, I did some math before this podcast episode, checking my notes here. To tell you how consistent this has been, in roughly speaking, I could not, there were two dates that I could not technically confirm based on the history of graphics. Um, but sometimes I would do them on my phone in a pinch, especially early on. So who's to know? But the best I can tell, we've had roughly speaking 212 inventory updates um, in almost four years. And of that, six of them have been missed. Um, so over 200 to six missed that I'm aware of. Um, which if you do the math, all you uh, math people... Uh, you'd come out with essentially a 97% consistency rate. And of course, that's only gone up because last year, for example, we only missed one the entire year. Um, so uh, as of late, we're even more consistent as the team has grown larger and larger. But yeah, that was really um, the majority of the reason was just out of um, what I guess was maybe very, very temporary, maybe the next week. I don't specifically recall why I promised Wednesday and why that customer called me out on it. Um, but the Wednesday thing stuck. And as it kind of got to rolling on, I started realizing why Wednesdays really did work for us. Because as I mentioned, wholesale, we had kind of two different peak days of the wholesale like week. It was Monday and Thursday, and, and it was essentially the entire day, all hands on deck, both of those days, and then all the other work that was not picking out plants and or driving them to nearby Apopka or uh, waiting on a shipping carrier to come pick plants up. The other days of the week were really for all the growing and other things. So I knew I couldn't update things on either one of those two days because my phone was already off the hook for the wholesale operation. And again, early on, I was being paid by my dad to run his wholesale operation as a general manager. So 
above all else, I did not want to let down any of those customers, especially in those first couple months as I began to grow and understand what potential Gabriella Plants, the online brand, may have. Um, so Wednesday worked well, as in it wasn't a Wednesday and a Thursday. The other thing I realized was really, really neat about selling on Wednesday and being able to um, ship in that kind of sequence was whether it was shipping orders on Friday or Saturday, which would most of the time arrive Monday, Tuesday, meaning I could have a 24-hour response time. Um, getting back to people on Tuesday after I had gotten the wholesale operation done on Monday, or as Wednesdays began to play on, the orders we would ship on Monday and Tuesday, I would have plenty of time to answer all those emails and issues with anything that did have an issue um, on the Friday and the Saturday. So it also was somewhat factored in, especially as it went on month after month. And as we started to go into 2019, I started to say, hey, I need more people to help me with this project. Um, that was actually December of 2019 or 2018. And the first time that we sold on the website was December of 2018. Um, just a couple months after launching the Etsy store in August of 2018. So Eventually, I kind of realized that updating on Wednesday also meant that we were shipping those corresponding plants on days that made it easy for me to do at the time, the only person who would answer some of those customer questions on packages they received. So that became kind of like a secondary um, reason to do the weekly inventory update. The other thing is at some point, I mean, let's just take a step back. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying this podcast. I know it's a bit rambly, but take a step back. Plants are growing every single day. So, and oftentimes we're planting different batches, but within the same batch, different individual plants, but within the same batch of the same species throughout an entire week. So rarely does inventory become available in shorter time spans than a week. I mean, most growers don't even go off of an order being in June or whenever. They really go off of it's week 14. That's not June, but you get my point. They, the week count is a huge thing in not just like houseplant agriculture, but that's a big thing in agriculture in general, including people who grow food and other crops. Um, even marijuana will judge plants ages by weeks. So the kind of weekly interval of when we would release more kind of also made sense to the like, well, we theoretically have a few more who have made acceptable progress on Friday compared to Tuesday, right? But at some point, you kind of got to, for efficiency's sake, group these together. And it was very common, at least to me, for the wholesale industry to release, especially pre-COVID, weekly inventory availability. So that was kind of already a thing in the wholesale market. But as far as I knew, and still know to this day, if you have any other uh, takes on this story, uh, feel free to email me. I would, I would genuinely love to hear it. Shane at GabrielaPlants.com is my direct email. But at the time, I'm pretty sure we were one of the first existing commercial wholesale operations that had begun to devote their attention and pursue a business model that was direct-to-consumer only, being able to grow the plants that they 
normally grow or even grow a wider variety of plants over a period of time and offer those customers rather than wholesale direct to customers. We were one of, if not the first greenhouse to do that. Um, so it also makes sense that as other greenhouses began to follow in that footstep, the once a week schedule, which was already a common occurrence in wholesale, kind of made sense. And if Brett was here, he would agree with me because even the wholesale broker he used to work for um, would release weekly inventory availability. So it's not an entirely new concept, but it was certainly new at the time, as I recall, to anybody in these in different Facebook groups or in any of the messages that I had on social media. Um, that was really kind of a cool thing that Gabriella had going um, for us from the start. Now, of course, when COVID and as more and more nurseries began to enter the market, the market is no doubt a little bit more crowded, if not significantly more crowded now than it was back then, especially 2018. Um, however, it's been something that has been replicated by other people. And oftentimes, especially during COVID, um, I got a couple not so nice emails from time to time saying, or, or just comments that at one point I was taking way too personally, um, for my own mental health than I should have been. But the, the comments would float out there like, you realize this is all just designed to be a marketing ploy and to promote a sense of urgency. And there was all these other like later assumed reasons why we did inventory updates on Wednesday and why plants sold out so quickly. Um, and also at the time there was a huge outcry. And one thing that I think I've mentioned in a podcast, but I'll put it in here just in case at one point, no doubt the number one requested customer feature, especially in the COVID period of time was a holding cart feature, something that once you were able to get a prized possession into your cart, but had not made it to the checkout page yet, that you would still be guaranteed that plant. And at the time I had seen personally from one Wednesday where we ran it. And I had also seen other plant sellers have serious technical complications with those plugins were never designed to have hundreds of thousands of people or not even hundreds of thousands, hundreds of people or thousands of people. That's what I meant to say. Hundreds or thousands of people show up at the same time trying to hit add to Clark add to cart in what is essentially you're talking about milliseconds um, and trying to make those differentiations is extraordinarily difficult. Um, and fun fact, I've circled back to this recently. Um, our website platform host actually no longer, they took out all of the options to even add a hold to cart to any of the websites that run on this platform because of those technical difficulties. Uh, so sadly, we aren't even now that things have kind of calmed down a little bit. Uh, we're not even able to put it on the website, fun fact. So um, I tried. I promise you I tried. But um, there were lots of people who wanted to assume they were that the whole Wednesday weekly inventory update was designed to be a marketing ploy. And that's just not true, I promise. Uh, it was not true. It was really to survive. And I hope that this story has kind of told that story. Um, and it's important to remember that sometimes traditions are just traditions and they didn't really have a purpose as much as what you 
always remember with traditions, at least if you had a family like mine, which is, well, we've always done it that way, quote unquote. Um, and more or less, Wednesday has stuck as a tradition. And honestly, it's a holiday uh, for me, for our entire team. Not really. We all have to work during it. It's not a you know work holiday. Don't get don't get too excited. Uh, but it, you know, it really is the highlight to our week every single week. So hopefully that tells you a little bit more about the why Wednesday kind of came to be or why our weekly inventory update was something we were kind of brought to the marketplace at the time. So hopefully that story is awesome. If you have any follow-up questions on it, I'd also love to answer those. Shane at GabrielThePlans.com. But now, as I promised, I do want to move into some Q&As from our Facebook group. So if you're not a part of it, definitely want to join that. Uh, Since the very beginning, speaking of which, I thought it was really important to have a direct line of communication uh, to talk to our customers about what we're facing challenges-wise and also to celebrate our team and say, hey, guys, you guys have to join me in saying bravo. to what the team has been able to do this month or this year. So if you want all that kind of behind the scenes stuff, definitely jump in the Facebook behind the scenes group to make it real easy for you guys. If you want to hop in the discussion, you can join us using this kind of short URL, plants.plants, plants.ly, slash FBBTS, Facebook behind the scenes, FBBTS. So if you want to join in the behind the scenes conversation, of course, you can request to join the group right there. And so let's get to these questions. I'm going to go in order of questions that were just straight asked in this post. Um, The first one, uh, will you ship internationally in the future? Great question. Uh, Short answer, uh, Canada in Hopefully before the end of the year, I've been told that their system is very overloaded currently, but we are in the process of applying for a permit that will let us uh, ship to Canada without the need for a FIDO for each individual order. Um, Ultimately, though, when you get into international shipping, as those who maybe have ordered internationally before would know, um, you're needing that FIDO. And if you don't know what a FIDO sanitary certificate is, basically a local Department of Agriculture person has to come out and inspect that specific crop and put the uh, USDA or American or the state in which that they're doing the inspections uh, certificate saying, yes, this plant is indeed shippable. It does not contain pests and it is what it says it is as far as species labeled on the order form or on the phytosanitary compared to what's being uh, shipped. There are some situations where that process kind of exists more or less to catch what would be invasive countries or invasive species to other countries, I should say. Uh, So long story short, no immediate intentions on being able to ship Truly internationally, there's a lot of different things that require that. And in order for us, personally speaking, to get a phytosanitary certificate, we actually have to pay for even the mileage of the inspector to drive from his main office to our nursery and to conduct those specific um, inspections. So it makes a lot more sense for international orders that are somewhat wholesale, if we ever get to that point again. But it doesn't quite make sense. I mean, the phytosanitary certificate itself, the piece of paper can cost $60 or more. 
uh, at least in the state of Florida, plus whatever that ag inspector's time is to get to your location and to conduct that inspection. And that inspection has to happen per each individual unique address that it ultimately uh, ends up in. So at least speaking for 2022, I can pretty confidently say I don't think we'll be shipping internationally this year. Although, obviously, the goal is to share, especially as Brett continues to work on our breeding program, the goal would, of course, be to get plants uh, able to be shipped across the world and into some uh, individual collections across multiple countries, maybe even multiple continents. Of course, that's our goal as growers. Uh, but of course, there are some paperwork and realities to situations. So again, we are actively working on the Calif or not California, the Canada uh, certificate to be able to ship without a FIDO or just have the approval to be able to ship into Canada on the regular. Um, but as far as the rest of international, probably not this year, at least not from what I can see currently. Uh, in the cards, there are some definite definite complications to that system. So, um, great question. We'll of course keep you updated if we were ever were able. And if you are listening to this podcast all across the world, hello there, and we hope you enjoy. And maybe one day we'll be able to ship plants that we grow from our greenhouse to your house, even if it is continents away. I mean, that can be the goal, right? All right, cool. Um, any plans? Next question from Kelly. Any plans on growing and offering orchids? Uh, we do. This would be a better question for Brett. Maybe I'll write this one down. But uh, we do have several different types of jewel orchids. But as far as orchids overall, um, no immediate plans that I'm aware of right now. One of the complications to orchids, of course, are they are fragile. They are often sold once blooming and shipping that can be a little bit tricky um, plus when they already have a formed bloom spike orchids can sometimes be rather tall and with the USPS's most recent surcharges for oversized length boxes we do have a somewhat limited set of options or at least have to consider more fees for those surcharges and stuff if we were to offer things in really tall height so at least for right now not a ton of plans although if we do we will most likely test them at our local store here just less than two miles away from the greenhouse uh at gabriella plant shop so if we do we'll probably test them locally um, but that's a good question about orchids all right so andrea asks what's the best way to secure your fillows that climb and how do you know when they need a bigger pot um as a blanket statement all philodendrons from my understanding or at least most of them would prefer to climb um and what ultimately is the key to keep these answers really short is the plant is gonna go for moisture water where moisture is most available. So if the water is most available in the soil compared to a very, very dry, say, uh, rough cut piece of planked wood, um, the plant is not incentivized to put roots around that piece of wood. I mean, all the moisture it needs is in the soil. So it, it, 
The biggest thing about getting any plant to want to start to climb vertically on the item in which you want it to climb is you have to give it the incentive. You have to tell it that that is where its moisture and future water is gonna come from. So when it comes to totem poles or getting plants to grow up wood, the best advice is just to make sure that that wood is as moist as possible, even if that means kind of backing off the water of the soil but opting to at least twice a day mist that plank of wood so that the plant slowly but surely realizes that its future is destined to be with that plank of wood. That's kind of the trick you're doing when it comes to water supplies to get a plant that would like to climb to actually climb. Um, the same would work for a moss pole as well. You would want to make sure that that moss pole is the place where the majority of the moisture is located so that the plant hunts that out and doesn't continue to put the majority of its root-based efforts below the soil line. Um, so that hopefully is a little bit of help towards the how to get a philodendron to climb question. Uh, Andrea, hopefully that was helpful. Continuing to kind of go down these questions. I'm literally just going in the order they were asked. Uh, can you do another purge in another group so I can score one of those amazing pink princesses you had? I want one so badly. Uh, Brianna, I am sorry <laughs> that I don't have one for everybody. Um, in case you guys aren't familiar, I did, uh, I do my best, um, to interact with the plant community that kind of brought me, uh, to the point where we are right now. But one of the things I never really participated in was the purge kind of phenomenon. So uh, recently I decided to give it what was ultimately my second try in uh, a different kind of buy, sell, trade Facebook group. Um, one of the ones that I have been in for the longest period of time. And I kind of uh, released some one-of-a-kind plants in that particular release so um, she's talking about that and asking when I may do it again and to be quite honest that was a spur of the moment thing um, that was 100% just Shane deciding on a Sunday afternoon that he had plenty of time to work on this uh, much like this Monday afternoon podcast um, so yeah that there, there really wasn't was a wasn't a ton of forethought that went into it but yeah, she asked, uh, can I do another purge in the future? Maybe, um, maybe, but that was definitely a spur of the moment thing. So, um, I don't know. We'll keep our options open. I, I do my best to stay unpredictable. Um, there was a period of time, especially during go COVID where, as I mentioned, we were doing the ghost updates where I swear some of our customers could better predict when I would go to bed and when I would wake up. Based on when uh, I chose to log in and update more inventory, I, I tried to be as unpredictable as possible, and people still figured out a way to figure me out throughout it. So for those of you who figured me out, congratulations. Uh, of course, as the seasons change, so do my strategies. So um, good luck keeping up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that was kind of fun. And made me definitely question how public my life was, for sure, um, when people could guess what time. Like, when I woke up to messages of, well, he's probably asleep. That was kind of, yeah, that was a weird thing. Uh, but anyways, carrying on in these com uh, these questions, again, in our Facebook uh, group, which you can visit at 
plants.ly slash FBBTS or Facebook behind the scenes. Uh, Lee asks, best soil mix for Rio and Gabby? Of course, uh, Lee, I'd be happy to answer that question. Best soil mix for Rio and Gabby? Of course, at our family greenhouses, we've been using essentially the same soil mix for about a decade now um, by one particular manufacturer. But in some senses, the Rio and Gabby soil mixture does change kind of seasonally. Uh, in the wintertime, we don't want to overwater them, especially once uh, being planted in, in those early stages of developing roots and rooting into a pot. So I will tend to take our traditional soil mix and make it even more aerated during those winter months by adding additional perlite. And then as we begin to kind of resume, unfortunately, what is the Florida summer days in the 90 plus degree range. And of course, inside the greenhouses, at least the majority of them, it's 100 degrees plus. Central Florida's outside temperature is one thing. For the most part, our greenhouses are about at least at a minimum 10 degrees warmer than that outdoor temperature. Um, and it's quite interesting to have the experience as a Floridian to walk outside into what we would call the outdoor Florida and go, oh my God, this is better. This is actually better than it was inside the greenhouse. Definitely puts a whole nother perspective on Florida weather. But when we get into those, I say all that to say, when we get into the warmer weather seasons, obviously we start to drop off that excess perlite in favor of more and more um, peat moss that will continue to retain moisture as especially in the three inch and four inch pot sizes. I mean, in the dead heat of summer, we're getting there. We're not quite to the peak, but you know, end of June, beginning of July, when it's the hottest and the air is kind of the most calm and still, which in Florida at least means it's the worst because you don't at least get the sea breeze that kind of comes in the afternoons. So in that early June period of time, I mean, the greenhouses can consistently hit daily 100 degrees plus so we have to kind of err on the side that we need a three inch pot with a smaller volume of soil to retain more moisture so when we're planting in three inch i guess to come full circle on your what's the best mix for rio and gabby it does depend seasonally it also depends on the size of pot and how much you anticipate that plant being able to grow in the next couple of months but for me at least the majority of the time, I would say for both of them that I try to do something like 60% uh, Canadian peat moss and 40% perlite, which is a little bit more perlite than our original mix, but not quite as intense as we may do in the winter months when we want to cut down on the amount of moisture retention. So great question. Hopefully that's helpful. One of the biggest things for Rio and Gabby, though, above all else, is its light exposure, keeping that moderate, but on the higher end, as well as your nutrients. So that NutriCode six-month time release fertilizer is super great and highly recommend that for Rio, which leads us to what is your favorite plant, which is probably the all-time most asked question of me in all the times doing all the public Instagram Q&As and other live stream Q and A's, uh, what Shane's favorite plant. And, uh, still 
Overall, I'd have to say fill it in Rio, and I would say that largely because although my dad first spotted it and began to work to isolate the cultivar, I was definitely the one who took great pride in bringing that to market. So it's definitely something unique that Gabriela has been able to bring onto the plant scene, which continues to make it my favorite. I just personally love it. Uh, it's definitely the plant I've worked the hardest towards, even over Pink Princess. I've been more intentional to plant more Rio than any other species. So, um, Rio would continue to be my favorite plant. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully those tips are kind of helpful on the best care information for Rio and Gabby, but nutrients certainly key. But I do have to say Brandy, um, who's actually a group expert in our Facebook behind the scenes group asks a kind of different question but the same question which is what is your current favorite plant in your personal collection so i think amongst all the species we're currently growing for customers of course i again i'm trying the hardest at rio and gabby's do those have special places in my heart um so does pink princess but as far as what my like favorite in my personal collection is um it's pretty torn right now, I gotta say, between two different plants. Um, one, still continually impressed by my Philodendron patriciae. I hope I'm saying that right. If not, Brett can hopefully correct me next podcast. Uh, but that one, and the reason I think it continues to be up on the top of my list is that ultimately it's one of those small success stories that I've had as a grower I got the first and only real plant that I got of that species from Enid way early on in 2019. And even before I purchased my house, it was one of the, uh, which is only a couple driveways away from the greenhouses. And of course now has additional greenhouses in the backyard. Now, uh, it, it was my grandparents home before they passed away. Uh, before I bought that in July of 2020 though, um, the philodendron patriciae was one of the very few philodendrons that made it to my actual residential home, which at the time was about 10 minutes away. And I just kept all my quote unquote personal collection for the most part at the greenhouses. Cause obviously that's where they want to be. Uh, why would I do them the, the disservice of taking them back to my, you know, indoor home with moderate light. So, uh, when I finally purchased this home, the philodendron came over to what was essentially a 12 foot by 12 foot backyard greenhouse. And it was the first plant that I can remember caring a lot about and just watching as soon as I set it down. You just have that slow motion and you go, oh no. And it just face planted right on the cement, right off the edge of the bench. It was kind of top heavy one way and just dived right onto the floor and broke in half. Um, and I separated the two. I kind of repotted one into a, a basket and kind of tried to restore the original plant in its six inch pot. And to date right now, it's one of my most stunning plants. Actually the tip cutting that broke off is now the most stunning plant. And I believe as of two weeks ago has now entered the breeding program. So um, always kind of cool to see plants that you know you've messed up on ultimately come out to be something that you really take pride in. And I think that whether that's starting with uh, a hobby and being fairly bad at it 
and getting better at it. I, you know, I just think that's a core thing in humanity that we take pride in the things we've gotten better at over time. So I think that that is high up on my personal collection list, Brandy. Um, and of course, giving it a run for its money are both of my different Anthurium pendulifoliums. Uh, what I'm nicknaming skinny form, which has an obvious difference in leaf shape, despite having the same tag from Enid over at NSC Tropicals. Um, the, the, the skinny form leaf, I believe the last one was eight and a half feet in length. So personally right now I'm taking the largest pride in my personal collection with the leaves that are biggest. So those are, um, currently the top two and Therium pendulifolium and of course Philodon and Patriciae in my personal collection. So hopefully that answers your question. Brandy, great question. Um, Ivory asks, any plans to visit Southern California, which got more likes than I uh, really intended, but uh, not currently. I've actually never been that far west. The uh, I've been to the Grand Canyon. I, I guess, I think map-wise, the most west I've been is Las Vegas, where we landed uh, when I was a child. But no, I haven't been out quite. I've been back out to Denver. Den uh, I have done a customer meetup in Denver, but haven't quite made it to California yet. So maybe this year, maybe next year. Definitely something I want to bring Miriam along with. All right. Um, let's see how many more questions I can fit in here before we hit an hour. I did have to take a short break, but now I'm back and I want to finish this up. Um, all right. So continuing on, uh, Lisa asks, do you plan on doing any Instagram live sales or auctions in the future? Um, really good question, Lisa. I would say I don't have a specific plan on doing Instagram live sales per se. Um, although for those of you who haven't had a chance to catch one, there have been a couple different times we've gone live on Instagram uh, that Brett has been able to purchase some plants from other family-owned greenhouses. We try to support other growers whenever we can. And as we unload the truck and put some of those items on the website uh, for you guys to be able to score, we've done some of those on Instagram live. Um, so we will continue to do events like that on Instagram live, but the actual Instagram live like sale or auction hasn't been something we've formulated a plan to quite yet. Although I will say in the same va uh, vein of live streaming, we are rapidly moving forward. In fact, I have a meeting later this afternoon to set the dates for the rest of Q2 and Q3 um, for all of our online botanical education workshop series. So if you weren't in our very first test of that, uh, our intro to houseplant workshop, you're going to certainly want to stay tuned to all the different live streaming and botanical education offerings that Gabriella Plants brings to the plant community as 2022 continues to roll on and as we continue to find more ways to grow plants and grow people. Great question, Lisa. I'm going to have to skip some of these. I don't think I'm going to have a chance to quite get to every single one of these questions, sadly. Uh, what kind of fertilizer would you recommend for the different philodendron heteraceum? I kind of said that on the earlier end um, when it comes to some of the soil and how to best care for Rio and Gabby. Uh, but certainly, I love the NutriCoat time-release fertilizer. It's just a great way to not easily burn your plants, and the dosaging is just super easy. However, I will say, if you already are familiar and actively working to um, water-soluble fertilize, 
your plants on a pretty consistent basis or you have that timing worked out, it's it, that completely works and they're not going to be too upset about that at all. So really, you have a pretty wide range of options for uh, heteracium. It's not going to be super picky as long as the nutrients uh, don't have long lapses of time in between applications. So I think you're good on a variety of different options there, Crystal. Uh, but of course, we recommend the NutriCoat time release. So uh, Rachel asked a really good question um, <laughs> or a, a question that I love to answer. Uh, what's your best? What's the best part of your job? Um, and I think over the years, this answer has changed quite a bit. Uh, it definitely hasn't stayed the same. Of course, like some of the things I love the most, I like haven't changed either. Like I still, even before Gabriella Plants came to be and I was running the wholesale operation compared to now, I've always loved chopping and propping and, you know, just getting my hands dirty. It's part of why I began to build additional greenhouses in my backyard as our second growing location somewhat so we could have more greenhouses in general and because it was property zoned for the right thing very close by to the original location but also because whether it's decompressing or quote unquote work I still do love the parts of my job that are plants although admittedly as I sometimes joke about on the podcast but it's real uh when I took over the family business, we grew 17 species. We now have well over a thousand species growing in the greenhouse in total. So I haven't quite kept up with how to work on every one of those species or every one of the plants, but things like Rio, um, at least so far this year and last year, you know, I've been the one planting 90% of those. So planting new plants is certainly a part of my job that I love that has not changed, even if the amount of hours I've been able to spend week to week doing that has changed over time. Um, but the other things that have changed have really just changed as I've been intentional to grow myself um, as much as I can. I'm not perfect and I have a long ways to go, but to grow myself as a leader. And I think as I've been able to grow in my leadership skills, it's enabled me to have a better appreciation for what my job should or is should be or what it is right now, um, which a lot of times is not doing as much work. Um, and that's sometimes really hard to wrestle with because I'm definitely somebody who gets a lot of my self-worth out of the work that I do. So when my job as the team has continued to grow year after year has become very clearly that I need to encourage be a resource, help think through processes, and grow the people that are now responsible, the managers, the team members that are responsible for doing all the work that Gabriella Plants does. I promise you, I am not shipping the number, the thousands of plants per week that we do. Um, there's entire teams um, that work really hard at that and managers that work really hard at making those processes better over time. And more or less, my job nowadays is really to be an encourager, a shepherd to those people, and to you know do the business operations side of things with budgeting and, and that kind of thing. And I've tried and continue to learn new ways to better lead the organization. One of the things we rolled out in um, our Q2 all-team staff meeting uh, a couple months ago was for the first time I brought to the table and had designed and... Um, Obviously, we had some different feedback sessions with the managers um, across different locations, but we rolled out company values uh, statements. Um, things like that, to me, make a huge difference because for a very long time, every decision essentially was if the team was going to try to make it without my input, 
the the question they were asking themselves is, you know, basically, would Shane do this? Um, and as the company continues to grow, um, that may not be the appropriate question to ask anymore. And instead, to be able to ask, hey, does this uphold our values? Does this um, keep our standard of pursuing excellence on behalf of our customers? Um, does this support our company value of um, team as family um, or family first always? Those are the types of principles that I think are key for future leaders of this organization to make good decisions that align with the values um, that Gabriel Plants represents. So I think, what do I like most about my job? All that to say, I think as at first having less to do and just kind of leading the team, quote unquote, was, although it was something I knew I had to do, not exactly my favorite thing. And certainly as I've gotten better at leading over the years and being able to witness so many different light bulb moments or be able to ask somebody a question and make them arrive or them think about that problem in a new way and arrive at a better answer than I even could, like being able to see that pay off and see those light bulb moments, see those um, moments where team members realize, oh, I can make a difference. I can bring up that idea. That's awesome. Uh, those have certainly been parts of my favorite parts of my job these days is just getting to see the team succeed, um, find a challenge, come up with solutions, encourage those solutions, and then see, th see it through that they completely solve that problem for themselves. It's really rewarding to get to have such a high altitude view of what's going on in the organization. And of course, a huge love of mine is also this podcast and getting to talk to our customers. So hopefully that's a little bit more behind the veil of what goes on in Shane's head. And like I said, it's a question and an answer that has changed, um, roughly speaking, every three to six months. I, I haven't worked at the same desk or at the same location or doing the same thing for a longer stretch of time than six months. The only thing that I have done consistently that entire time essentially is make the Wednesday night inventory graphic. Um, but even doing all the steps in order to do the actual just creating of the graphic, I'm not even actively as involved in anymore. So um, certainly it's changed quite a bit and I wouldn't mind continuing to give you guys updated answers as the years continue to roll by because I definitely view my calling as uh, growing plants and growing people. So hopefully that's a transparent answer. And I think with that, we're pretty much at the end of the time we have for today's podcast, guys. I'm going to save the rest of these questions because there's a few other ones in here that are really good and at least two or three other ones that I would definitely need Brett's help to help answer. So I'll definitely bring these back to the guys when we have our next normal podcast episode. But for now, thank you guys so much for listening to the Every Plant Story podcast. You can learn more about us at our website, everyplantstory.com, or shop with our family business online at gabriellaplants.com. And with that, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. If you have a question for Shane or the podcast crew, you can always email them to podcast at gabriellaplants.com for a chance for your question to be answered in an upcoming podcast episode. Send your questions to podcast at gabriellaplants.com. Looking for your next house plan on a budget? We have one of the widest selections available at gabriellaplants.com with hundreds of options grown just for you 
and ready to ship directly from our greenhouse to your house.